hello and welcome to Theologizing Life with Anthony Cottrell and normally with Matt Tracy, but he is not going to be joining us this time. Uh, you, you're just stuck with me. Uh, so happy new year. Uh, that's what you get for the first episode of 2023. Man, I don't know about you, but uh, first of all, it's hard to believe it's 2023 already. Um, but also, uh, 2022 was a year full of uh, just a lot of transitions. Not all of the things that our family went through was bad. Uh, it was just there was a lot of change, a lot of uh, things that just introduced disruption on one level or another to our lives. Um, so uh, in some ways, I'm thankful Um 2022 is over and I have a lot of excitement and hope about 2023. Um, but to be honest, I want to reflect, take some time and reflect more on 2022 and process more the, the good that happened, uh, the ways I grew, the ways um, I didn't grow, the ways I handled some of the transitions and changes that life brought, uh, some of the ways I handled it well and some of the ways I didn't. But I, I have yet to to really sit down and take time to reflect. Um, that will probably happen uh, for me um, with a journal in hand and some time in solitude. But I know uh, for a lot of people, I think, uh, New Year's resolutions are kind of cliche or we're just sort of jaded to the whole idea. Um, it ends up being this thing that generates shame. It's like, you know, we set this resolution and then we uh, we do good for like the first couple weeks of January and then we fall off the bandwagon and it just generates this sense of like uh, failing something you know that we set out so instead of instead of failing like just don't set a new year's resolution right and I get that Um, but at the same time I do find that there's something about a new year something it's not like on one hand it's just turning the calendar it's a new day but uh, there is something about a new year that seems to come with a sense of promise, a sense of newness, a sense of fresh uh, opportunity. Um, I think even even the changing of the seasons, like spring and summer, uh, fall, that rhythm of new life, uh, there's something about when, um, whether it's nature or just the rhythms of the calendar, remind us of um, of just cycles of life and and the newness of life and the newness of opportunities. So I do like going into a new year with some optimistic hope about uh, what this year could hold and about the new fresh uh, opportunities that this year brings. And so I also like to take time to reflect, sort of check back in with myself on what I am prioritizing and what I'm pursuing. I started a sermon series with our congregation at LifePoint Church uh, called First Things First. And uh, this past Sunday, we looked at uh, Matthew six thirty three, where Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God um, and his righteousness. And I talked about how um, it, what we prioritize and what we pursue matters. Like, it matters what we prioritize and pursue. And if we don't do it in, on purpose, if we don't intentionally, purposefully seek first the kingdom of God, I think what we end up prioritizing and pursuing is, is we end up prioritizing the urgent and pursuing our urges. 
I talked about how um, if we aren't intentional about what we're prioritizing, the next uh, urgent catastrophe that life throws at us, the next uh, circumstance and situation uh, or trial uh, that life brings our way, we're just constantly sort of reacting to uh, the urgent. And, uh, and, and not only um, are we not intentional about what we're prioritizing, but we're often reacting and not responding. At least I am. Like sometimes when I'm not intentional about things, I react rather than respond to a situation. And my reactions are often that knee jerk, um, just less thoughtful, sometimes less healthy, less mature response or, or reaction instead of response. So if we're not intentional, we often end up prioritizing the urgent. Um, and then uh, we end up pursuing our, our urges, uh, our desires, our appetites, our lusts, our, the, the things that are most base and primal and carnal about us. We end up uh, uh, pursuing those things. And um, whether it's um, related to success or sex, whether it's um, uh, power and position or possessions, um, we, we often end up pursuing what our appetites or our desires uh, are driving. And sometimes those things aren't the healthiest for us. And so I challenged our congregation to seek first, to intentionally prioritize and pursue first the kingdom of God. And so I want to talk this episode a little bit about that, a little bit about um, goals and goal setting and intentionally prioritizing and pursuing what matters most in our lives. Now, the truth is, I don't think, uh, I don't think you can really um, make a, a real strong biblical argument about like making goals. Uh, I don't think there's a lot that scripture has to say about making goals or bettering yourself or striving for success, at least not in sort of the American Western, you know, Instagram version of making these goals of, of bettering yourself. Um, uh, and, and to be honest, I think the whole idea of our value being rooted in our accomplishments is antithetical to the good news that God loves you, even though you miss the mark. Like while we were still sinners, he died for us. Uh, the good news is that our value is rooted in God's love for us. Um, and so I just want to be clear up front that we're not pursuing goals to be more presentable or more lovable, more valuable, um, to inc increase our platform on social media. Like, uh, I think the motive of pursuing our goals matters, and I don't want to make some sort of, um, I, I guess, essentially a Western American success-driven narrative and cloak it in scripture. Like that's not, or cloak it in sort of theological jargon. Like I don't want to, I want to be upfront about that, that I think, um, I think a lot of the pursuit of goals is, uh, can be sort of ego or image driven. And, and that's not what I want to talk about. Um, at the same time, I do think what we prioritize and pursue matters. I think, um, and if we're not intentional about stuff, I think we end up um, just sort of haphazardly going about life. Uh, if we're not purposeful, we can often be sort of purposeless. And uh, so I, I want to talk a little bit about, about some goals. And I am going to share some scriptures that I think sort of at least um, we can glean some themes or principles from them. Uh, but before I share some scriptures, I want to share uh, a quote by Mark Batterson from his book, The Circle Maker. 
um, is a chapter where he, he talks about goals. And um, he says, the brain is a goal-seeking organism. Setting a goal creates structural tension in your brain, which will seek to close the gap between where you are and where you want to be, who you are and who you want to become. If you don't set goals, your mind will become stagnant. Goal setting is good stewardship of your right brain imagination. And I think he, I think he makes a good point. Again, I think this can be unhealthy, especially in the age where, um, you know, people are building their YouTube platform, their Instagram platform. There's all these ways of um, like some of the fitness stuff uh, that you can find on Instagram or on the internet and like the healthy eating. It's like all of this stuff like is good, like exercise is good for you, but um it can real quickly become, I don't know, like corrupted uh, by ego-driven desires, like the motivation for those things. Like, um, I just, I want to, I guess, caution that. But but I think that phrase, throw the baby out with the bathwater, which to be honest, just kind of a moment of honesty here. I don't know, I don't really understand that figure of speech or like what it means, but we use it and and we all kind of understand at least what the figure of speech is supposed to communicate, but it's a weird baby out with the bathwater. I don't know. So um, we don't, don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't want to throw goal setting, um, you know, intentional, purposeful living out with some of that uh, identity, value, ego-driven motivation. Like, um, I don't think... Uh, I don't think we need to pursue goals to earn love or reach a certain level of success so that um, so that we feel our life is meaningful. I think uh, we just can be intentional with the life that we have and how we steward this one and only life God has given us. Proverbs 21.5, some scriptures I want to share with you. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. So it just talks about how like it assumes that um, plans and diligence kind of go go together. Uh, the Proverbs, I think it's important to note, there's sort of these axioms and these general principles that are true a lot of the time. But there's also um, in the wisdom tradition, there's uh, sort of um, Ecclesiastes or Job um, where uh, it's like these instances where sometimes Sometimes the diligent uh, lead to profit, but sometimes you can do all the right things and it not work out the way you think it should. And so I just want to acknowledge that up front, that when we are reading the Proverbs, there are these um, generally true sort of axioms, but they're not always universally true every single time. And they're not a formula, but there is something about diligent plans um, that can pay off. So like diligently setting goals. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. So whatever you do, commit to the Lord. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And again, that Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Philippians 3, 13 through 14, Paul's talking about um, his pursuit of um, sort of the mission that he feels God had given him. But he says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize 
to which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to be clear, I've, I've proof text, I've pulled these scriptures out and, and sort of ripped them out of context. Um, and, and so I don't want to misapply them, but I, I see uh, there's there's a theme here, some themes that I want to pull together that I think um, uh, are not necessarily diving into the biblical text, but I do think it can help us uh, glean some truth. But I have one more, uh, Matthew 5, 48. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, that word in English, perfect, is a very intimidating word. In the original language, it carries this idea of being complete or whole or mature. And so there's this invitation to be be, um, be complete, be whole, be mature as your Father in heaven as he is whole and complete. And so as we talk about goals, I kind of want to encourage you to have that in mind. Like what are things, like for me, setting goals are, are about me pursuing like wholeness, me pursuing maturity, me pursuing the kingdom of God and orienting my life around um, what I understand it to mean to follow Jesus. And so that's sort of what I have in mind. And so with all these scriptures sort of pulled together, there's this theme of whatever you do. Whatever you do, the Proverbs passage says, commit it to the Lord. The Colossians 3 passage says, uh, do it um, with all of your heart. There's another passage that Paul says, um, do it for God's glory. So, so whatever you do, do it under the authority and lordship of Jesus and for God's glory. And here's the thing, what glorifies God? What does it mean to do it for God's glory? Does it mean like, um, I don't know, does it mean you, you, you do things um, that only benefit the church or you volunteer only in ministry capacities or that in an interview after a game, you know, after a sporting game, you make sure, you know, all glory, you say all glory to God. And, and like all of that stuff is good, but I think there's more to it. Like, uh, it enhances God's glory when we live as he intended for us to live. When we live into the image-bearing life that God intended for us to live. Uh, earlier in the fall, I did a sermon series on Genesis. And I talked about how originally we were created as image bearers. We were created to be in relationship with God and with one another. We were created to reflect the image of God. We were created to represent the life-giving rule of God. He gave uh, Adam and Eve dominion over creation. And then we were created to rest. We were, like God rested and, and Sabbathed, and, and we were created to rest in knowing that our value was rooted in God's love for us. And so we most glorify God when we live in alignment with how He intended us for to live, how He intended us to live. So when our relationships, uh, when we're reflecting the image of God, which part of reflecting the image of God is doing the work that you do, doing what you do with your hands, or what you do with your mind, what you do with your time, what you do with your gifts, like doing those things in a way that brings a life-giving creativity to the world. Um, we represent the life-giving rule of God when we rest in his love, like all of this stuff. And so when I think about goals this year, I want to think about like what I'm going to be doing things with my life this year. So how can I do whatever I do under the authority and lordship of Jesus and for God's glory? 
how can I pursue wholeness and completeness and maturity with like on purpose, like intentionally? How can I lean into the intended purpose? Like how can my relationships more reflect God's intention for relationships when he created humanity and his image before the fall, before sin? Like how can I reflect the image of God in what I do? How can I represent his life-giving rule in the world with the authority that I have? How can I rest this year in God's love? Not like a lazy rest, but like a, a rest for my soul and my spirit. What, what would that look like? So whatever you do, do for God's glory. Seek first the kingdom of God. Press on towards the goal of living fully alive into the purposes that God has set for you or God has for you. So when I think about goals, I like to think about what I need to intentionally pursue that will help bring the whole of my personhood into alignment with the kingdom of God. That will bring me into alignment with the healing and wholeness that needs to happen. And so one of the ways I've done that in the past, um, not necessarily this year or every year, but one of the ways um, is I think about it in light of the greatest commandment. In Matthew 22, 36 through 40, Jesus is approached and asked what the greatest commandment is. And he says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so one year I broke down my goals into three categories, loving God, loving people, loving self. And in each of those categories, I had one to three goals that I believed would help me love God more intentionally help me love people more intentionally and help me love myself in a healthy way, not in um, a self, not in a selfish way, but in a, a healthy way. And so um, some of the goals that I've pursued in the past or set for myself is uh, for the love God category, I made a goal to take a personal retreat um, once or twice a year. And, and what that looks like for me is going away somewhere um, usually there's like these ministry retreat centers or they're specifically for pastors to get away or, um, but I don't think only for pastors, but I, I've gone away and spent the night and tried to take, um, uh, some books to read my journal, the Bible, and just spent time, tried to just spend time in some silence and solitude and prayer, um, and, and just slowing my soul down sort of unplugging from the hurry and the, the busyness. And so I thought, you know, one year I felt loving God, um, it would be healthy for me to, uh, to do that, to take time to intentionally sort of unhurry my soul. Um, for a loving people category, one of my goals was to go on a date night once a month. After my son was born several years ago now, um, we were just in the thick of parenting uh, our first kid, <laughs> a newborn and all this stuff. And um, there's so much that's demanded of you in that season of life that, uh, that we, um, our time intentionally together was um, kind of put on a back burner. Um, not because our marriage wasn't important to us, but because we were busy parenting. And I realized like, you know, um, that's, it's, it's easy for parenting to take 
so much of your attention that you can begin to not cultivate the the garden of your marriage. And so um, I made it a goal one year, like let's do a date night once a month where um, not not a date night where we take our our newborn or our um, toddler with us and we go out to dinner, like where we get a babysitter and we leave and we go just the two of us. And so um, that's something we still try to do. Uh, once a month I felt was a realistic goal um, because we might have to pay for a babysitter and there's the cost of going out to eat. But if we can do this once a month, that would be a good rhythm. And then um, a lot of times loving self, I have um, like exercise goals or um, some goal. I, I have reading goals each year um, where I try to read a certain number of books in a year. Uh, usually I break that down to a certain number of books that I have to read in a month. Um, and uh, that's really life giving for me and it helps me grow. It helps me learn. It helps me expose myself to other ideas. And, um, and it's one of the ways I connect with God. I sort of connect with God by engaging my mind in, um, you know, sort of theological ideas. So that's one way you could do it. So if you're, uh, if you're listening and you're like, you know, I, I do want to, I do want to try to purposefully pursue wholeness or purposely pursue what matters most and, and all this stuff. Um, that's one way you could do is break it down into categories of loving God, loving people, loving self. And um, I would not do more than three in each category. Like you don't want to overwhelm yourself with goals. But um, one of the things I found is that um, it's sort of like when you say like that project in your home uh, when or that honey-do list when there's that thing um, that needs fixed that that leaky faucet or that um, leak in the pipe or uh, that that door latch that doesn't quite latch correctly. I don't know whatever it is. I think I mean, you know every home has it. Whatever it is, uh, that one of these days, you know, one of these days I'll get to it. Um, a lot of times I think we pursue our our own development, our own spiritual growth, our own maturity, our our own wholeness. Um, and, and we have these aspirations for one of these days, like one of these days we'll do it. One of these days we'll get around to it. And the problem with that is one of these days tends to never come until, um, until it becomes urgent until, you know, the leaky pipe is, uh, has caused the, um, wood in the vanity to rot. And now you have a much bigger problem and now it's urgent and but then see that's what i said earlier but now you're prioritizing uh the urgent you're prioritizing whatever catastrophe life is thrown at you and and when things when our growth and things are one of these days we'll get around to it um we tend to not get around to it until it becomes urgent and when we're talking about matters of our soul or our maturity or our relational health like those are things you don't want to get in a place of needing urgent attention. Because usually it means that there's things that um, are going on, like in your life or in your marriage or in your soul that are um, not healthy or um, not ideal or even just like kind of uh, fragile or on the brink of being, uh, of brokenness. And so like, we don't want to have a, a one of these days 
sort of mentality for our spiritual growth, our health, the health of our relationships, of, of those things that matter most. We don't want to have a one of these days mentality because either we will never get around to it or we'll get around to it when it becomes urgent. Instead of having one of these days, um, setting a goal, uh, when, when there's something on the calendar, there's a, so like if I told my wife this Saturday, I'm going to fix that faucet and it's on the calendar. I've told her, so there's accountability and, um, and I, I've put a deadline on it and I have, I've intentionally scheduled and set aside time, set aside focus, uh, to do it. It's more likely to happen. The same is true with your growth and the health of your relationships and your walk with God. Like when we intentionally set goals, we're more likely to actually pursue them. When there's um, uh, when there's intentional purpose behind what we're doing. So another thing, when another tip when it comes to setting goals, uh, you you've probably maybe heard of it, but there's this smart goal. Uh, acronym. Um, and so S-M-A-R-T, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. So it's important to be specific if you're setting goals. Uh, and another, another thing I've learned about, um, there's this book called Four Disciplines of Execution, and it's a leadership book about um, executing and accomplishing your, um, they call it WIG, Wildly Important Goals. Um, and it's more for like kind of a professional environment. The book is more designed for that. But one of my takeaways was they talked about the difference between lead measures and lag measures. So uh, a lag measure are those things that you can't control um, and you don't know the, you can't measure them until it's sort of too late, until it already happens. Uh, a lead measure are those things that you can sort of have some influence over uh, you can, you have some influence over taking actionable steps uh, over that lead measure. So an example of this is, uh, so a, a, an example of a lag measure would be if a, if a restaurant wants to increase customer satisfaction, like that's a great goal, right? Like we want our customers, we want the reviews, we want their satisfaction to increase. But that's a lag measure. That's something you don't have, you don't have control, direct control over the, over the customers. And you're not gonna know whether you accomplish that goal until it's kind of too late. So a lead measure would be, if it's like you know a restaurant, think of your experience with Chick-fil-A or um, uh, even Culver's, like uh, every customer that comes in, we're gonna greet with a smile, a warm, hospitable welcome. Uh, when they say thank you, we will say my pleasure. We will uh, go out of our way to serve every customer that walks through our door um, by offering to pick their tray up for them and throw away their trash, making sure they, uh, you know, do you need anything? We will decrease the time of waiting in the drive-through. And, uh, and then sometimes that reveals other goals you need to pursue, other lead measures. So um, what's holding up the time, like what you can begin to observe things, but, um, or if it's like a department store, we will make sure in each zone, there's always a customer service employee or like a, not a customer service, but like an employee is stationed or 
within the vicinity of every department so that there's no customer that's ever walking around looking for someone uh, when they need help. Like, I don't know, those are things, those are the lead measures. Those are things you actually have control over. Um, and so like, I wanna grow spiritually this year. Well, that's a lag measure. That's a great goal, but like, what are the input, uh, what are the lead measures? What are the input things? What are the specific things I can do to facilitate that? Well, um, there's the spiritual disciplines, you know, the classic, I, I, I will, uh, I wanna I'll spend more time in scripture and a specific goal for that maybe, or a specific thing that would be helpful is you actually find a Bible reading plan and you stick to it and you follow it. But um, I wanna journal. Uh, journaling for me is a way I pray and connect with God. And so I will journal three times a week. Those are, uh, those are specific goals that have actionable lead measures that you can, you can do. So your goals need to be specific. They need to be measurable. Um, you need to know when you're, you're hitting the goal. For some of this stuff, there are some things I think when it comes to your life uh, and maturity and growth that some things are hard are hard to measure but like okay i i let's take the i want to grow more in my relationship with god well um, i'm going to journal three times a week that's measurable i'll know if i've journaled three times a week or not um uh for me the reading goal i i've had started out i wanted to read one book i was like reading hardly any books um in a year's time and so years ago when I decided, you know, I want to be, you know, leaders are readers. Um, I wanted to be a lifelong learner. I made a goal originally of reading one book a month. Um, that's measurable. Goals need to be measurable. <clears throat> uh, they need to be attainable also. And so, again, let's use that example of reading. If I go from, like, not reading at all to saying, I want to read 100 books this year that's that's absurd like that is uh, that would be an unattainable goal and then even now i'm reading um about double that one book a month goal um again for me to go from i want to read 24 books in a year to uh 50 or 100 like that like that's not attainable we need to um and the trick here is you don't want to set the goal so low that you're not actually pushing yourself to grow, but you also don't want to set it so high that it's just unrealistically um, unattainable. So your goals need to be specific, measurable, attainable. They need to be relevant. Um, they need to matter and be in alignment with uh, the ways you want to grow and mature. Um, if you're a Jesus follower, I'd say they need to be in alignment with the kingdom of God. Um, and so an example of like an un, like a goal that's not relevant would be like, I want to improve my golf game this year. Well, I enjoy golfing um, socially. Uh, Matt, Tracy, and I sometimes will hit the golf course, and it's just a leisure fun thing uh, that we do. But the truth is, I'm not really that invested in really developing and honing my skill. Um, so uh, that that's not really a relevant goal. Um, a more relevant goal uh, for me would be uh, like, I want to take, uh, this is one I actually set and I did not follow through with. I didn't do well. So maybe I need to think about doing it this year. But so I, I have that goal of one date night a month with my wife. And then I wanted to do one, uh, one 
date or um, dad and son or dad and daughter day a month. So like spend intentional one-on-one time with my kids once a month. That would be relevant because I want to grow as a father. I want to be a good dad. I want to be present. I want to be there and available. So goals need to be specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and then time bound. Um, for most of my goals, I, well, I guess some of them, they can be broken down in a month. So like one date night a month, that's time bound. Um, in order to hit that goal, it's, it's specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and it's time bound. Each month, um, I'll know I hit my goal if my wife and I have had a date night. So those are some tips about uh, making goals. You can make them in categories. And now you don't have to. I don't always make them according to the category of love God, love people, love self. Um, that was just one year I found that to be helpful. Sometimes um, I might make the goals according to um, mind, body, soul. Like how will I grow? Uh, what, what goals can I make to develop my mind? What goals can I develop to be healthier physically? What goals can I develop to grow spiritually. Like it's just, I found sometimes it's helpful to make categories. And then um, I would say it's always helpful to make smart goals, goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. And um, the whole point of this again is not for this just vain, like be a successful, like make your life Instagram worthy or uh, I don't know, whatever, TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. You know, I'm just, I'm not that cool for all that stuff. Like it's not, um, you know, keep up with all these high capacity people that you see, uh, on, on the internet or on Instagram or, um, these on YouTube and all this stuff. Like, it's not, not that, like, how can you intentionally prioritize and pursue what matters most? And, and what would that look like? And the cool thing is, is I think if you do, like you will experience and see growth and in, in things in your life. So some goals I've made in, in the past, um, some, some that I'm proud of that I've accomplished, uh, one year, um, I actually, I don't remember how I got to this one. I, I started making a goal, an exercise goal and I started running. And then, um, I never thought I would ever want to do this ever in my life. But one year, two years, I did it actually I made the goal of running a half marathon. And in 2019, I ran, well, I did it in 2018, but I barely finished it. And I almost didn't finish it because I didn't train properly. And I almost, uh, like my, my knee was, I don't know what all was going on, but I almost injured myself, I think. Um, but 2019, I did finish it in 2018, but 2019, it was better. I finished a half marathon. I did the Fort for Fitness. I finished it. And here's the thing too. My goal was to finish it. Um, I didn't have a speed goal and I didn't, um, I didn't get caught up in that. Like my goal wasn't to be the fastest person in my age category or anything like that. Like I just, I wanted to finish it. And so I focused on that and I pursued that. And I, even mentally, one of my mantras was, uh, run your race, run your pace. Like I wasn't competing with other people. I was just wanting to accomplish this personal goal. And I did. So I've ran a, a half marathon, uh, the reading goal. Um, I have uh, almost almost every year, I've, I've come a couple books shy of the goals I've set, but uh, uh, I've, I've definitely read more than 
what I used to, where I was like reading maybe one or two books a year. You know, I've, I've definitely got to a place where I, I read um, and almost hit my reading goals every year. Um, another goal is I, I made a goal to write a certain number of chapters because I was pursuing a goal of publishing a book. And last year um, I self-published my book. Uh, the last episode talked about that. Um, you can find, uh, if you're interested in that, it's called Acts of Defiance, and you can find it or purchase it by going to my website, anthonymcottrell.com, and you can uh, you can purchase the book there. But that was one of my goals that I pursued to, to publish a book, and um, I made some specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-bound goals and pursued them, and uh, they came to light. Um, the date night goal with uh, with my wife. Uh, has been a goal and that's become uh, what's cool about some of these is some of my past goals have become uh, rhythms and uh, they, they they are now sort of just a part of my life and so I can move on and pursue other goals um, I haven't developed all of my goals I have some reading goals for this year um, I haven't totally nailed down what I want want the reading goal to be um, for some of my other goals, instead of making specific like goals for um, my spiritual life and exercise and things, what I've learned is if I get up at a certain time, I am more uh, likely, like that's the lead measure, if you will. If I get up at a certain time, if I consistently wake up, I will spend time in my, in, in scripture and in uh, silence and in solitude because I'm up before the kids, I'm up before my wife, I have my cup of coffee, and I just sort of have this um, time to to allow my soul to be at peace, to pray, and to um, to just sort of cultivate my, my relationship with God. And then I'm also more likely to go to the gym after that, or if it's warmer outside, to go for a run. And so what I found is if I can actually make the goal, the lead measure is to get up at a certain time. Uh, those other goals will will follow, and so this year I'm kind of full, I'm kind of going about my goals that way. Like, what's the uh, trying to identify some of the lead measures? Like, what are the lead measures that I can make the priority that um, when I do that, these other things will follow? So that's just how I'm going about it. Um, I don't know if this is helpful, but I thought uh, uh, beginning of the year I thought maybe uh, it would be um, good thing to sort of theologize about what does it look like to intentionally orient your life around what matters most. And if you're a Jesus follower, it means the kingdom of God. Um, how do you orient your life around uh, loving God and loving people? How do you orient your life around growing and um, being a healthier person? Oh, another another goal I had, I think, was um, how to do with like counseling. So um, I go see a counselor. Like it's good for my um it's good for my soul. It's good for my heart. It's good for my mind. It's good for me to have someone to go to um, because that I can have these confidential conversations with um, in, a, in a way, in a sense, where I can be pastorally counseled. Uh, the pastor can be pastored. And so I go to, I go to counseling. That's a goal. So just what are, what are ways that you can pursue and intentionally live life on purpose, pursue what matters most, seek first the kingdom of God, you know, all those things. Um, and if it's helpful, great. If not, um, you know, just forget making, you know, don't do the New Year's resolution thing or the New Year's goal thing. That's okay too. 
um, it doesn't mean uh, I think you can follow Jesus faithfully without making goals. I just, I do think that um, a lot of times some things aren't going to happen. There are these times where even your relationship with God and the, your best intentions end up falling in that category of, well, one of these days I'll get around to it. So whatever you do, you don't have to do it the way I do it. I just encourage you to, to not approach the things that matter most in life, which if you're a Jesus follower, it's say it's God and the kingdom of God. If you're married, your marriage, if you're a parent, um, your, your kids, uh, if, if you're not married or you're not a parent, um, you probably still have relationships and people around you, a community around you that are important. So those things matter. And so how can you be intentional in the way that you steward what matters most in life? That's what I would, that's what I would encourage you to think about, even if you don't go about it the way I would, or according to the model that I would, how can you intentionally prioritize and pursue what matters most in your life? Thanks for tuning in. If you found this helpful uh, or encouraging or inspiring, like, share, um, rate it on iTunes. All of that can help increase our listener base. Um, if it wasn't helpful, uh, you don't have to like or share it. That's fine. Um, but if you did, uh, go ahead and share this with your friends. That's all I got for you. I hope you have a good, uh, happy new year and just a good rest of your month. And uh, we'll we'll talk to you next time.